dear listeners, you may not know this about Dr. Doak and I, but we years ago taught a class together and it featured a lot of music, music that mostly Dr. Doak curated. Which had nothing to do with the class. Oh yeah, itself. absolutely nothing to do with <laughs> the class. Like but hype, now I have a question hype. for this you. This was hype music at the beginning hype of the music. class. But it was a big class in a big room. Yes, and so yes. the music became an important part of the class for the people, I think. Try as I might, I could not get Dr. Doak to include pop music. But I need it's to ask not you. entirely true. But oh, it was, close, it close was mostly, <laughs> mostly very artistic stuff i have to ask you what was your favorite song of that playlist i know you probably still have it memorized it was several years ago but oh my gosh what was the your favorite song well at that time um i think we were we were close to the the release of the um boney bear 22 a million album and that's pretty that's kind of like pop for people i think sure it's not sure, obscure sure. by any means i mean that's mainstream but there was a song um I think it was like the first track on that album called I Me. Ah, uh, yeah, Me. yes, yes. It was just very warm and inviting for the students. And I liked it as a first day of school song. You know who I realized we never included, but who, who could totally be on that list? Who? Lana Del Rey. What? You are listening to Weird Religion. Hey, I'm Brian Doak. Hey, I'm Leah Payne. When I think of Lana Del Rey, I'm thinking I'm not I'm not a, not a huge fan. Wait, wait, wait! This is Weird Religion, the podcast for people who know religion is weird but love it anyway. Go, Lana Del Rey. We barely say that like <laughs> one third of the time now, <laughs> but people still listen. Okay. Anywho, I, I when I'm thinking, I, I've heard a few Lana Del Rey songs. Yes. I'm not an avid listener. But oh, interesting. I, I like I like Lana Del Rey. Oh, I, I don't think she's unlikable at all. I remember yeah. her for that debacle for her bo- from her botched performance on Letterman years ago. Oh, I, I remember that. That was a big deal. Yes. And also, I, I guess I think of her as like super moody, kind of like the darker Taylor Swift <laughs> and or the darker Katy Perry. I don't know. The like, sound of her to me, it's like it's noir. Noir, I like, yes, yes, yes. I love L.A., noir mm-hmm. storytelling yeah and when i listen to lana del rey yeah. i'm just in that headspace i think a lot of the songs though deal with uh, adult themes and have explicit lyrics that i think wouldn't have been you know just like public kind of consumption kind of that's stuff. true that's and it also true. I, I felt like to include that on a like pre-class playlist it would have been like too depressing <laughs> i don't think any of the music i was playing was depressing <laughs> I, I was i was specifically curating kind of like artsy poppy not depressing music, yes yes that's true which is kind that's of its true. own genre and there was one where it was where it was something about teeth mm. what was the one that was like ah, oh, rah, rah, rah. oh yes that was an experimental choral group that won the pulitzer prize for songwriting actually back in the early aughts <laughs> called a room full of teeth Okay, I'll that's what it was. Put a link in there for listeners. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's teeth. very, very heady, very strange. Oh, the students were weirded out when they were yeah. there, but they liked it. But it was, but it was not depressing weird. It was just weird, weird, or was, even even yes. motivating weird. I would say that it it was disruptive in a good way. We were trying to do something, <laughs> but you know what? Then what happened, dear listeners? What is um the the twenty twenty pandemic, and we had to scrap the whole thing. But it was fun. the The songs were great, but we're here to talk about. Lana Del Rey, and a particular connection, a sort of surprising connection to the American religious landscape. Indeed. There there has been some interesting buzz, not only over her 2023 album, her newest album, which is called Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard? Mm. No, I didn't know. Mm. Is there? Um, I, guess. I guess we find out on the album. Find out today. Um, mm-hmm. And we find out that there 
There probably is, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. just due to the style of the question. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, there's pu- there's there's buzz, interesting buzz, or puzzlement maybe, over an interlude or a found recording style track on the album called, and this gives it away right here, Judah Smith Interlude. <gasps> so Dun, dun, dun. I was excited about that. Oh, I meant to say all like that. Okay. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of a both. Okay. Yes. What I... Here's what I propose we do. What do you think? Okay. Let's listen. To, let's let's first set up who is Judas Smith mm-hmm. and what is mm-hmm. this whole thing going on. And then number two, let's do like an annotated commentary listen to the entire track, which I have not listened to yet. And I understand neither have you. I have not. I have not. I'd heard of it, but I have not listened to it. Okay. Um, and I was surprised to hear that Lana Del Rey was collaborating with Judah Smith, but I probably should not have been all that surprised. Well, tell us why you're not surprised and who is Judah Smith as a setup to this. Right. Well, Judah Smith is a megachurch pastor um, who is a definitely a charismatic, right in the lane of people that I like to study. He's based in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a mega church and then sort of a, a digital arm to the mega church. Okay. Um, a pastor of a church called Church Home. There's Church Home. They were, church you know, Charismatics and Pentecostals are very, always at the forefront of tech advances and experimentation. Uh-huh. And I would say that he was one of the, he's on the leading edge of creating digital churches uh-huh. you know church in digital space I see. um he is like a lot of mega church pastors super charismatic handsome warm on camera kind of ideally and and also really well known for having um relationships with celebrity um attendees yes yes he's, he's friends and they're friends with him mm-hmm. like, like there's there's like a small cohort of these big church yeah. pastors the most famous person that i at least i know about is justin bieber absolutely yes. now justin bieber was part was doing the hillsong thing yes right for a long time but then left in 2021 mm-hmm. why did mm-hmm. biebs leave the hillsong group well in i you know i'm not super up on all of the media gossip but as i understand it that relationship was um, had cooled prior to all of the stuff coming out about Carl Lentz at Hillsong. But they were, I, I believe that that Justin Bieber, and I want right. to say even Selena Gomez and eventually Haley Bieber were in orbit of right. those churches. Carl Lentz being a Judah Smith type person, but in a different group, in different yes, church. Yes, white, what, white male, 30 something looking very On like, the West hip. Coast instead of the East Coast. Yes. But I, you know what? I want to just like sidebar for a second to say how <laughs> yeah. hard it must be for these young celebrities to find a place where they can... Oh. Relax yes. and be themselves. Totally. And I, you know, I I would imagine that it's hard for them not to feel used by. Absolutely. Yes. So anyway, I just Absolutely. sidebar. This is not about that, but yeah, my no. heart goes out to those. No, folks, this whole. Because oftentimes yeah. they're quite young. This world of the celebrity in the mega church and the kind of place where they, but they have to feel like they go to only these kinds of churches. Like you don't see like Justin Bieber attends like Baptist Hills Community Church with like. 250 members, you know, it has to be something that like matches the level of fame on the one hand. That's the interesting thing. Well, I mean, you every now and then you'll hear about people who are, you know, they go. I think I heard that, that, um, Jennifer Garner is a Methodist and she goes to Methodist church. Just out in the country. Well, no, I mean, I'm sure it's in the Los Angeles or New York or wherever she is. I don't know. I don't know that much about Jennifer Garner, but I have heard that people, you know, I'm sure that there are people, but I will say 
that charismatic megachurches tend to put on the kind of show that a pop star uh-huh. might feel at home. Wikipedia in. says, although Garner stopped attending church regularly after moving to Los Angeles, her three children were baptized as members of the United Methodist Church in her it. hometown Methodist. of Charleston, West Virginia. Aww. Yeah, so, so I mean, you know, she, like, you hear about religious affiliation, maybe she doesn't go to church. But anyway, I, I just remember hearing, that. oh, Methodist. Um, so I'm just saying that there's like a certain type of of a pop star uh-huh. might be particularly um just feel at home because it's essentially this the kinds of um music and lighting and mood that you feel at a charismatic megachurch it's not dissimilar at all right to a concert experience that's right so they're in the concert it's 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 a it's a it's an it's an arena where they feel home i mean beebs is on some youtube videos with the church like singing his heart out but not in his concert style he's more like in the video I saw recently, he's kind of like sitting in a chair. It's very like worshipful. Yes. It's not, he's trying maybe not to draw attention to himself. Although the lighting and the stage and the fact that his Bieber and the clothes he's wearing all definitely draw attention. Well, to Well, and it's hard because I mean, he's one of the biggest pop stars in the world. So I don't know no, how you no don't. No way around that. Yeah. No I'm not sure that. how you would not stand out in no that way, scenario. No way around that. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Anyhow, but Lana Del Rey has Judah Smith. And now I'm just so curious about the song. Okay, so how are we gonna do this? Okay, I have to have the, I have to get the lyrics up. If okay, you, if you okay. Google Judah Smith, I got the lyrics. You're gonna Ready see to the go. lyrics. It's a lot of lyrics. This is about four minutes. So with our annotations, this could take us right through the end. Who knows? Okay. Um, okay, gonna so we're gonna, list, we're gonna listen to this and we're gonna comment on it. You got to I'll pause when I want to pause, and okay. then you have to tell me when you want me to pause. Okay. Got it. Got it. Here we go. This is the interlude. Impressions. It's pretty. It is. It feels very much Lana Del Rey. I like these atmospherics a lot. Yeah. Oh, there's the, there's the congregation. Oh. You understand what that means? It means quit lusting after your neighbor. Whoa. That's a heck of a life. You get to love your children from. Quit lusting after your neighbor, and he's shouting. Yes, this does is he, like. Does he, he shout preach usually? Oh yeah, I mean he's he's definitely in that lane. That's. Wait, did you have an impression first? Because I'm having a lot of thoughts all at once. No, just do it. Go for it. Yeah, it's you. You know what? First, this reminds me of the DC Talk album that includes Billy Graham. Mm. Um, like the idea that you would have a a a preacher mm-hmm. kind of talking over your music yeah it really reminds me of that it kind of reminds me of the 1990s okay so that's kind of interesting yeah i think to have um to have a preacher preaching over lyrics like that it it's great because it evokes evokes the gospel church tradition where you do have music and preaching often occurring at the same time sure sure and also kind of like bumps up the holiness level of the music. Yeah, but it's an interesting line to start on. Lust. Yeah, yeah. so this is, okay, so is this a theme? Yeah. Don't you understand what yeah. that means? It means quit lusting after your neighbor. Woo! You get to love, you have to talk to somebody, I want a new life. I don't love my wife anymore. I don't love my kids anymore. Missing out on life, they're usually my age. Does that sound like love? It's a life dominated with lust. Okay, what is he even? I'm not even sure that if you're listening to that, you can hear it. He said, We got to read this. Yeah. Don't you understand 
what that means. It means quit lusting after your neighbor. That's a heck of a life. You get to love your children in front of you. You get to love. You have to talk to somebody about a new life. I don't love my wife anymore. I don't love my kids anymore. Missing out on life. They're usually my age. Does that sound like love? Sounds like he's talking about a midlife crisis. Next line, which we'll pick up. It's a okay. life dominated by lust. Okay. For too long, they've been holding up. And finally, they just get weak and they say, it doesn't matter anymore. And the spirit of God says, I'll infuse you with desires for what you have and what's in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, wait so a minute. She, That's interesting. She whispers there. It doesn't matter anymore, he says. And the spirit of God says, I'll infuse you with desires with what you have and what's in front of you. And Lana goes, yeah, yeah. And then she says, desires for what you have. Okay. Oh, that's really interesting. Was she there? She's there. So she's recording it live herself, like on her phone as he's speaking. That's super interesting. Why is that interesting? I don't know. I'm just picturing her there. What is she... Did she just pull it out, pull her phone out? I think so. She was really moved by this I think so. thing. I, I love it. And I want to be clear. I said Jimmy Swaggart vibes not because of his salacious past, but because there's a certain sort of white Southern affect, mm. Pentecostal preacher style yep. that Swaggart epitomized mm. and was really excellent at. And in fact, it still, still preaches today. You can watch it. And what I think is really interesting about these folks is that even though they're on the West Coast, they've this is like a I think of it as a more Southern style yeah. of preaching yeah. in Seattle. Yeah, and you've been to Seattle several times. Oh, I, yeah. take, I have, and and if you're just walking around on the street in Seattle, you yeah. wouldn't be like, oh, Southern style revival preaching would go great here. Well, the the topic itself, I want to comment on the topic. Okay, this yes, idea, please. Like, You've got to like, you know, go back to your wife and stop this like lusting stuff. This is very traditional evangelical fare, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yes. Now that's not surprising to me that that's going over well in Seattle because mm. Seattle has always had a space for a sort of firebrand holiness style preacher. For example, there was this guy named Mark Matthews, who was a huge um, celebrity in Seattle in the early 20th century. Yeah. Mark Driscoll. I thought, so I thought you were going to go to Mark Driscoll. Yeah, no, no, no. Different deep, Mark. Deeper roots yeah. Though. So it's like, there's always been... I think in these sort of Western cities that they get characterized by people from other parts of the country, maybe as these secularized mm -hmm. spaces. And they do have a higher percentage of people who don't have religious affiliation, right. but that does not mean they're not American right. <laughs> and Americans tend to be quite religious. And, and so when I, you know, like a, a city like Seattle um, has historically had a lane for this style, mm -hmm. a, a warm reception for this style. We've got a good Seattle community of listeners out there. Yay. Greetings to Seattle weirdos. Seattle's a lovely city. Okay, we'll pick it back up. Absolutely so, love it. So again, the lyrics in case it's yes. hard to hear. So as he works deep in your heart is what's coming. As you call out to him and say, I'm here doing it, man. Help me want what I got. Help me love what's in front of me. Help mm -hmm. me want more of my wife and more of my friends and help me serve in the city I live in and not wish it away and hope I can move. Help me, God. Oh, that's fascinating. Let's listen. As he works deep in your heart, as you call out to him, I'm here doing it, man. Help me want what I got. Help me love what's in front of me. Help me want more of my wife and more of my friends. And help me serve the city I live in and not wish it away and hope I can move. Oh, okay. I wanted to stop uh, right here. Not wish it away. Uh, a faint illusion. I don't doubt that Judas Smith is smart enough to make this illusion, but help me serve the city I live in. Famous passage from the book of Jeremiah. 
Oh, I would not be surprised. Letter if he to knows the exiles. Exactly so the book of, what he's So doing. Jeremiah lives yeah. in the sixth century yeah. BC, around the time um, the five. You know, he's doing his thing in the five nineties and five eighties mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. the city of Jerusalem gets overtaken by the Babylonians, and there's an uh, there's a group that's taken captive to Babylon right. from from Jerusalem. And Jeremiah famously writes them a letter. We'll link the letter in case you want to read it. You probably know about it if you're a Bible kid. And that letter essentially tells the exiles, you know what? Don't rebel against the city. Marry there. Have kids there work for the welfare and, and the prosperity of the city where you are. Mm-hmm. So he's mm-hmm. essentially, he's doing kind of like a Wendell Berry theme here, which is stop moving. Yes. Stop moving. Yes. I have lots of thoughts on the stop moving. Well, thing. wait, wait, before we, before we get into that, one of the things that I think is fascinating is this is a church with many different locations mm-hmm. and also like digitally speaking. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating. This is, he's speaking to a very mobile yes. constituency. Right. And he's telling them, Stop moving. That's really interesting. All right, let's uh, let's let's continue. Help me, God. I want to be a man of love, not a man of lust. But you got to do that. So I bring you to this verse, and I'm done. He's going to bring us to a verse, then he's done. Psalms chapter eight. Psalms chapter eight. You know where I got this verse? Where'd you get it? This is going to sound crazy to you, but I'm going to tell you the absolute truth. It's going to make me sound so spiritual, so I'm looking forward to it. It's hard to it's hard to hear what he's saying. Something about spiritual. He says he says I, I'm going to bring you a verse. He's like Psalms chapter eight. Yeah. Do you know where I got this verse? This is going to sound crazy to you, but I'm going to tell you the absolute truth. It's going to make me sound so superior to us all. I'm looking forward to it. He's making a joke. Yes. I yes. I woke up this morning and God said, "Check the Bible." So I'm going to read ahead a little bit and then we'll listen. I woke up this morning and God said, "Check the Bible." I don't know if it was God, but it felt like God. Oh, okay. okay. I thought the thought oh, in my head. Okay. Okay. Check the Bible. I'm going to speak to you from the verse of the day. That means I don't have to do anything. I don't have to look anywhere. Just look at the verse of the day. So I get the verse of the day, and here's the verse of the day today in the Bible. Look at this. And then she says, that's, that's cool. cool. Okay. I woke up this morning, and God said, check the Bible out. I don't know if it was God, but it felt like God. And I had the thought in my head, check the Bible out. I'm going to speak to you from the verse of the day. That means I don't have to go. I don't have to look anywhere. I just get the verse of the day. <laughs> She's laughing. So I get to the verse of the day, and here's the verse of the day today in the Bible. That's cool, she says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing her sitting there, and he's talking about looking at the Bible. She's doing exactly what you should be doing in a church service like this, because these are meant to be interactive experiences. So I feel like she's she's fulfilling a her, little call and response. Her duty, yes. Okay, reading ahead. Look at the. Sp- he's going to read from the Bible. Look at the splendor of the skies. You creative genius, glowing in the heavens. When I gaze, when I gaze at your moon and your stars, mounted like jewels in their setting, I know you are the fascinating artist who fashioned it all. When I look up and see such wonder and workmanship above. Oh, but this is this is a very um, free-flowing. This is a very free translation of Psalm 8. I was going to say. This is not the traditional Psalm, okay. um, uh, psalm 8. They're heading up to what is man that you are mindful. That's the traditional. Yep. Oh, here okay, it is. Okay. I have to ask this question. I got to ask this question. Compared to all this cosmic glory, why would you ever bother with puny mortal man? Or be, oh, don't get me started. I could read you another hour on infatuated. Or be infatuated with Adam's son? Wow, this is a really free translation. Yeah, tell tell us what. Why are you so infatuated with me? You're the star reader. You're the ocean maker. Yeah. Wait, yeah. they individualize. I've always wait a minute. You're the Bible. You're the Hebrew Bible scholar, but I remember this song as be this psalm uh-huh. as being more of a collective. Like, what is humanity? That you remind not, not not what who am I? Let me read some of this from let me read some of this from Psalm eight in the NIV, which is a very very commercially popular okay. translation. Do it. Um, 
this spot where he's saying this, this stuff. Um, you have set your glory in the heavens through the praise of children and infants. You have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you cared for them, mm-hmm. care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. So you can hear the echoes of that. Don't get me started. I could read you another hour Don't on infatuated. Even get me started. Or be infatuated with Adam's son. Why are you so infatuated with me? You're the star reader. You're the ocean maker. You're the- wait, wait. This reminds me of a line from Mean Girls. Why are you so obsessed with me? Anyway, go ahead. I wonder what <laughs> the I, Mean Girls listeners are going to love. I wonder that. if we Google this. If this, if this is a translation it. that we could find really easily. Um. Where it's like like this? the message, but the more than the message. Apparently, there's a there's an animated short film called The Ocean Maker. Okay, that's not it. Um, Psalm eight. I wonder if this is like, is this like Judah Smith's own sort of? Thing? I don't know. Um, or uh, I'm, yeah, I'm struggling to find where this is. Um, I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting links to this song. Okay. Um, it's not the message. Yeah, wow. This this could be this could be his own like wow. version of this. Um okay. So he's reading this. You're the whale creator. You're the rhino designer. Who do are rhino Who designer. do are you man? And she says rhino designer. And then it goes on in verse 5. Judas says and it says, yeah. "Yet what an honor you 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 have given to me, created only a little lower than Elohim, which is the name of creator God, artist God." The lower than the angels, right? Isn't that the But I don't know. I only know the English. So here he is saying You created genius glowing in the heavens. When I when I gaze at your moon and your stars, mounted like tools in their setting. I love you are the fascinating artist who fashioned it all. When I look up and I see such wonder and workmanship above, I have to ask this question. I gotta ask this question. Compared to all this cosmic glory, why would you ever bother with puny, mortal man or being? Oh, don't get me started. I can preach another hour on infatuated. <laughs> or be infatuated with Adam's son. Why are you so infatuated? This is getting dramatic. <laughs> you're the star reader, you're the ocean maker, yeah, yeah. you're the whale creator, you're the rhino designer. Who are you? And then it goes on verse 5, and he says, Yet what all have you given to me? Created a little lower than Elohim, which is the name of Creator God, Artist God. Artist God. Now, this last part is going to go on an artist. Thing. Okay. Th- any 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 thoughts on that? Hearing it hearing it live there. <laughs> oh, so many. Oh, first, I just want to say it's a tribute to how to Pastor Smith's craft mm-hmm. that we were just sitting here listening to it and yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. Because both you know you and I know exactly what's going to come next in terms of just the 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 content. Because right. uh, there's a very famous choral arrangement of this song that when I was growing up in choiry circles, mm-hmm. I've done it a million times. That's mm-hmm. why I knew the lyric. I knew the the words so well, like the traditional lyrics, and then yeah. you're a Bible scholar. So we already knew. So what what was interesting to me 
well, I was just kind of taken up in the moment. Like this is really excellent in terms of the craft of preaching. Yeah. And also it's the classic charismatic thing where you balance this sort of grandness and poignancy with humor. Mm-hmm. So when he says rhino designer, so he takes it when I think of like the top of it is this like, you know, the fascinating artist, the da 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 rhino yeah. designer. And then everyone kind of laughs. Like this is really just a really well preached moment. Yeah. The cadence is really great. The pacing is great. Yeah. What stood out to you? The, I was, I was taken up with the pacing. Yeah. How it got slow. But then as he kind of gets on a roll with some of these titles that he's, I think he's just making it up. I wonder if this is, I mean, he's clearly like riffing on this at points yes. when he's like, when he says, Oh, don't get me started. I could, I could, I could just go on all day. You another hour on infatuated, which, well, you know, that, that to me was like ultra, like West coast charismatics love, like the intimacy, love relationship right, with God. Right. That's the such a hallmark. Infatuation makes it sound like a middle school romance or something. Yes. And they'd be like, yes, please. They love that kind of medieval mysticism, kind of intimacy with the almighty type of thing. So it picks up artist God. He's talking about Elohim. I mean, Elohim is one of the most common words in the Bible for just God. It doesn't mean artist God necessarily. Although it's, it is the word it is the name used for God in Genesis chapter one when God does create the world. Oh, that's Although interesting. I wouldn't, I don't know if it'd be fair to say that Elohim is particularly a creator God word. Well, isn't uh, the passages you've created a little lower than the angels, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, in Psalm eight, I just yeah, mean okay. like he's saying create a little lower than Elohim. That's okay. the angels. That translation, the angels, is uh-huh. actually translating Elohim. Oh, so oh, more literally, it'd be I like you created. That them or him a little lower than God. Oh, okay, Or it could cool. be God's plural. That's the weird thing about the word oh, Elohim. It's also a plural, plural noun. Okay. Good thing he doesn't bring that up or like four-fifths of that congregation would be like, be like I knew what? it, I knew it, polytheism. <laughs> no, they'd be, they'd be all for it. They're like, that's yes, right. that's great. Let's do it. Lana would be like, yeah, yeah. Okay, What? which is the name of creator God? Artist God. You want to call God artist? At some point tonight before you go to bed, be like, yo, Elohim. And he'll hear, you're the best artist ever. <gasps> Below Elohim, crowned like kings and queens with glory and magnificence, you have delighted. You have delegated to them mastery over all you have made. You've made me a partner with you. I wish to think my preaching was mostly about you, and you're not going to like this, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I've discovered my preaching is mostly about me. You want to call God artist? At some point tonight before you go to bed, you Elohim. <laughs> She's laughing, like almost like scandalized. Yes. Yo, Elohim. <laughs> you have delighted. You have delegated to them mastery over all you have made. You've made me a partner with you. I used to think my preaching was mostly about you. Is he saying new to God or and you're not to the audience? Okay, so the lyrics I'm reading says, I wish to think my preaching is mostly about you. I think he's saying, I used to, to, I used to think my preaching was mostly about you. No, I think he's saying, I think he's talking to the congregation. Oh, I think he's saying, I used me. to think I was preaching for you all in the and congregation. And now I realize I'm preaching for me. I like this, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I've discovered my preaching is mostly about me. Okay, okay. And the atmospherics continue here with no more lyrics. Okay, what do you make of those last lines, those last three lines? I used to think my preaching was mostly about you, and you're not going to like this, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I've discovered my preaching is mostly about me. Well, I got confused about if it was you to God or you to 
him I guess or to the audience. I guess it's, it's unclear. You, I guess it's technically not clear. That's a that's an unclear pronoun use. So you. Because it says you've, you've made, made me yes, a partner see, with you. I see what you mean. I used to think my preaching was mostly about you. About God. Yeah, but but you're, I think you're right. In context, when I heard it, it did sound more like he was talking to the audience. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's... I I think that's a that's an effective move to say I also I am like you all. Yeah. I'm in need of this word or like what oh, I thought I, I was sort of like a humbling move for the preacher like I used to think I had something to teach you and now I realize like I'm oh. I, I don't know I'm I'm just making it up. Maybe that's No, I like what you're saying. Like maybe he's saying, you know, I it it, it turns out like when I preach, I'm preaching to myself as well. Yeah, and that's an old line. I mean, yeah. it's 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 been variously attributed. I've heard it attributed to Martin Luther. All preaching is fundamentally preaching to oneself. Mm-hmm. You know, this mm-hmm. kind of idea like, I am the sinner. And I think your interpretation there taps right into that and could very well Maybe. be. Maybe. I don't know. I, it, it, it sort of has a callback to Psalm 8 in a way because the, one of the themes of Psalm 8, one of the most interesting preachable themes is that when God creates humans, humans are only a little lower than God. Yes. So the idea that humans are this like crown of creation, crown of creation, that it's this magnificent kind of, of thing. You made me a partner with you. And Psalm 8 definitely has that kind of language. I wish to think, I used to think my preaching was mostly about you and you're not going to like this, but I'm going to tell you the truth. Why wouldn't they like it? I think that's a classic preacher move. You're not going to yeah, like yeah. this. And then I'm they're going to get some letters. And then they're pre- get some prepared about not this. to like it. I've yes. discovered my preaching is mostly about me. I mean, you could, you could interpret that in many different ways, but I think we've given it, him a generous interpretation, but I need to ask you one more question. Why do you think she likes this song so much enough to put it on this? Or why was she fascinated enough to put it on her album? I think it, it appeals to this idea of the artist, the creator. And that's what she is. She definitely is. This has been a production of Weird Religion. A podcast for people who know religion is weird but love it anyway. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Follow us into the ocean. Allow your heart to blossom. Retreat into the gorgeous and haunted forests of your mind. Find us there.